With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. What's up, podcast fans? It's your buddy Adam from Podcasting Business School, where I teach podcasters how to love their show like a hobby, but build it like a business. You are listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast, and here's your host, my buddy, Tom Singer. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Making Waves at Sea Level the podcast formerly known as Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for being part of the journey of this show. I have had a lot of fun. We started with the rebrand to Making Waves at Sea Level. Gosh, it's been two months ago now almost. Wow. So we're going to stop talking about uh, cool things entrepreneurs do. But actually, I'm doing sort of an impromptu interview today because I was just having a get to know you call with somebody. And Jim... I'm not even sure how to pronounce his last name. It's it's Car, Car but it's spelled yeah. K-A-R-R-H. And uh, so I wasn't sure if he was Car. Well, but, uh, you know, from someone that has an extra H in Tom, <laughs> the fact that I have an H on the end of Car should not be stunning. See, I knew there was a reason that I liked him. So, but, <laughs> but here's the thing is he has a really interesting story and the type of work he does is what C-level executives need to be paying attention to because he he basically helps people manage their message. And this is something, especially in this world of COVID, I think we need to talk about. So he has an interesting background. He has an MBA from Duke. He has a PhD. And in addition to that, he's got a consulting company, but he also worked for a couple of companies as their CMO. And the more we were talking just on a get to know you call, the more I realized I actually have to talk to him on the podcast and I like people who are into uh, impromptu spur of the moment things. I said, if I hit record now, will you play? And he didn't hesitate, which to me is the best sign because there's nothing I hate more than people who are like, well, could we schedule it from three weeks from Tuesday? No, because I'm not going to be inspired by you three weeks from Tuesday. So I wanted to make sure that all of you got to meet Jim Carr. So Jim, welcome to Making Waves at Sea Level. Tom, thank you. Actually, I'm, I'm I love the opportunity. And if I can't talk about this on an impromptu basis with you and, and your C-level listeners, I must not know my stuff very well. So, Well, and you do have like on. a PhD in, in mass communications or something like that. So you really should be able to uh, to talk about this. So better. Can, can you tell us a little bit about your company and, and, and what you do in your consulting business? What I do is I help uh, teams and businesses learn to talk about their business in everyday conversations. Oftentimes, of course, it would be through the sales team or your delivery teams, your marketing teams. If you have uh, partners in the selling channel, you deal through distributors, but also your current customers and clients, friends in the community. There's a and Tom, it gets to this whole notion about messaging and we can clarify that a little bit. I think we make it too hard. And so we can think about messaging about your mission, your vision, your 
your uh, value prop and all that. I focus on on conversations, what the executives do, what your people are doing out there, and which conversations are key to your growth plans. What we find is that that's a sense of frustration. People are much more confident in the value of what they offer than in how to talk about it. They don't know the questions to ask, the stories to tell, the examples to give. So that's actually interesting because to me, I think the conversation is is so key. And for anybody who knows part of what I do on the, on the side of my, my world where I'm a speaker is in this world of virtual conferences, I've become sort of a, a master of ceremonies. But one of the things I do is I do interviews. And I think that the interview format, which I've now done almost 600 episodes here on this podcast, I think the interview uh, is a great way to get information when you can have a legit in-depth conversation with people that's when you really get to the power and i don't think we think about that when we're thinking about how are my salespeople talking to prospects how are my uh employees talking to customers so let's go a little deeper on that sure so that, what i found tom and, and it's again this can seem squishy or mysterious and sometimes over-engineered the fact is we probably have a lot more we could say than we should say. And so um, what I what I found in through my time of in studying and as a practitioner and working across, uh, I've, I've done this work for, I've lost track, more than 40 clients and more than 20,000 working professionals of, of getting the playbook, getting the plan together and training them. And it came down to something I thought was, was pretty simple, Tom, when I looked at what sets apart those teams, those companies who are consistently good at this. They used conversations as a way to do great discovery, to advance a sales process, to set themselves apart. What is What sets them, those businesses apart versus the rest of us that kind of struggle, it's frustrating, and, and we, we just kind of get lost in it. And I found that the ones who are good at it bring together three pieces. You can think of it as a three-legged stool. The first is their message itself is conversational, which means it is not your mission statement. In fact, it's really not that much about you, but it's it's stories, it's brief nuggets that, that are actually interesting and relevant and shareable. But you have to winnow through all that stuff to create a message that is worth sharing and that people will want to hear. The second leg of the stool are the messengers. So think about the actual people, the human beings that you want to share those elements of the message. Do they have the right care and feeding? Good news is they don't need to be extroverts. Uh, They don't need to have a ton of special training. They don't need to be special. Most of us are already naturally wired to do this well. Just had to be intentional about uh, making sure that they have the knowledge and skills and confidence to pull it off. And the third leg of the stool, Tom, is management or really management habits. And that's what's so particularly important for the leaders that are listening to this is it's so easy if you treat it as a promotion or a short-term thing if it's the flavor of the month it won't stick and you'll just be frustrated all over again think through what are the repeatable habits how can we bake this into our culture the way that people meet the way that they share stories the way that you train onboard when when people go up tom and i you and i were just talking about uh, so often these days people are working they become a, a first level manager or even a second level manager they haven't been coached in any of this. They don't know what to do. All of a sudden, people are looking to them and say, how do I do this? 
Where do I go for the information? What's most important? So uh, as the leader is to develop and reinforce management habits, model that together. And so when you bring together a message, do care for the messengers and, and a few simple management habits, then all of a sudden you become a master of the conversation and that becomes a growth engine, a nice, nice flywheel for the business. So I have found in, in talking to hundreds of business leaders kind of across industries that the CEOs who resonate the most with both their customers and with their employees are the ones who can have a conversation. Now, not all of them can, not all of them are natural uh, conversationalists, but the ones that are sort of beloved and, and that have that way of communicating. And so do you think that's an important skill? If you wanna make waves in your company and in your industry, do you think that ability to have those those one-on-one -on -one type conversations, do you think that's like a secret weapon? It's, it's a not so secret weapon. It's one that's just hiding below the surface, Tom. And we can, we can agree that if you're the leader, people will pay a lot more attention to what you do than what you say to do. So modeling that, and here's the, the great news is again, as you alluded to, you don't need a special skill really, and you don't have to be perfect. In fact, if you're not completely perfect, that actually is, is a little more human, but people know that you're trying. And when they see you do it, they know it's important. This is a priority. This is how the boss is spending his or her time. And so that's an important thing for us to do. And it gives people confidence. It also, not just that it's important, but you're doing it. And if they see you doing it, they know I won't get clubbed over the head if I try it and it's not perfect. But we're all going to be going through this process together. So I say you're, you're exactly spot on about that, Tom. Um, and being able to put it together, everyone will do this. And when I say managing the message, it is it absolutely not a script. Uh, we're not going to tell people, say these 11 things in this way every single time. Fundamentally, that's disrespectful, and it won't resonate on the other side anyway, in, inside or outside the business. But if you can get people some guidance and, and get it into some nuggets, let them have a little bit of their own language, a little bit of their own, uh, bring in their own uh, credibility and their own personality into it, that way you do build consistency. And an important point here as well, Tom, everybody I talked to, we want to build trustworthiness, right? We want to be seen as a trusted advisor. We want our organization to be trusted. The leadership wants to be trusted. It is only through conversation that that can happen. All the credentials, all the expertise in the world, if you can't show empathy and interest through conversation, then it's going to be sterile and stale and people really won't follow you. Do you, do you mean the fact that you, 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 you connected to someone on Twitter doesn't build automatic trust? Um, I haven't found that to be the case yet. <laughs> so I, I, I always tell people that, you know, people want to do business with people who they know, they like, and they trust. And that's an old cliche, but here's the interesting thing that I've discovered. Over the years, getting to know somebody used to be a huge process, and like and trust would come along or it wouldn't because you're not going to like and trust everybody. But it was a process that those three things sort of worked together. As you got to know somebody, like and trust came along or, or didn't come along. But now we try so hard in our society, even pre-COVID, but even worse now, to get to know everybody through a like, a link, a share, and a follow. And we're not having conversations. And so I think when you can get to like and trust, that's when you win. I agree, Tom. And I have a, the, the consumer psychology part of me that, that 
that uh, PhD element, um, I boiled that down when it comes to trustworthiness. Uh, for me, there's a simple two pieces to it. And think of it as, as almost a balances or a scale. You need roughly equal parts of both expertise and empathy. So the expertise is you know what you're talking about, right? And you can, you can actually help me with my problem. You, know, you don't want a, a heart surgeon that doesn't know how to do heart surgery. But, but and that can seem like it's very easy for us to over-index on the expertise part because it feels objective and defensible. It's the easy thing to put about in a blog post or a white paper or on your website or on your resume. The empathy part is a little bit more mysterious, but no less important. And it's not just caring, but empathy is your ability to understand the other person's situation and provide them some guidance that, that is based in their circumstance, the way that they see it and feel it. And it's really just asking questions and being observant and being in conversation is how you demonstrate your empathy and, and really be able to make recommendations and be able to help people in the right way. So that's the unique part of conversations. And in the, a more virtual world, um, it, it can be tougher to generate that that level of understanding, but that's the part to to work at. And so, sure, there's there's benefit to your credentials and your logo page and your training and all of that. Yes, that's that's uh, what what do they say? The mathematician's necessary but not sufficient. So the conversational piece is key to getting the other half of the equation. So if someone out there was listening to this and this sort of resonates with them they they, they want to shake things up they want to make their own waves maybe they got a, a small growth oriented company what advice would you give to those executives who are running the company to make sure that that managing this message permeates through the company what what steps can they take let's give them real tips the first thing is to recognize this as a manageable business problem it is not that mysterious. It's not as predictable as laying out a production process on the factory floor. It's not quite as formulaic as uh, financial management might be in some situations. But it is a manageable business issue, and it's a critical one. Because I, if you don't have a clear sense of what you do and be able to convey it, if you can't take advantage of the everyday, the hundreds, maybe thousands of everyday business conversations in and around your business, your growth plans are at risk. They're at chronic risk. So I would say the first thing is just get that problem solving mindset and apply it here because it, it does work. Uh, the first thing I would do, and we mentioned earlier, Tom, it's bringing together message, messengers, and management habits. The first step that I would take is to, is to take a look at your message. I'm not saying in a, like a clever sort of way, but it is so easy for us to get lost in it. Our brains reward us for talking about ourselves. We get a we get a chemical hit, much the same way as if you had a great meal or you're thinking about sex. It's true. The same parts of our brain get activated that way. And if you're in a particular industry, Tom, you know this, you talk to a lot of people in associations. The people in a particular tribe tend to sound like one another because they tend to be trained in the same way. They use the same language, the same lingo and acronyms and inside jokes it's important to try to get yourself away from that because that's not the way that human beings outside of the tribe talk to one another. So I would start with the mindset of this is something that we're going to, we're going to address in a systematic and consistent way. And then 
take a have people outside of the inner circle, your customers and and friends and others of what you're actually saying and asking and showing in those conversations. Maybe anybody can make sense out of it. <laughs> and that's a good place to start. So one of the things I do is I, I work in the, the business of executive search. And I think that that's something when you're recruiting key talent to come into your company, that's something you have to think about as well, right? Is don't be talking in, in sort of club speak, but you have to be, when you're recruiting people, you have to seem welcoming. You have to talk their language, not make them catch up to yours. Is that, do you think that goes both ways? Absolutely. And it's all about fit. So whether you're looking at uh, an executive hiring opportunity, or if you're looking, if you have a high value offering, you're trying to sell to somebody else. It's complicated. You know, it's valuable, but people are going to have questions and they're going to have concerns. We tried this before. What if it doesn't work? The same thing I would say on the recruitment side. How do I know I'm a good fit? How do I know that four months into the job that I'm going to still be as excited as I was and my employer is going to be as excited <laughs> as they were at the same time? So I think that ability to to express your value, but also to be open about your questions, concerns, uh, that give and take of a natural conversation at the right level is really important. Fit is important, again, whether you're selling a service or a product or your own capabilities. So Jim, I've got a couple of more questions for you before I can let you go, but first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, it's brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly, they take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing people who are making waves like Jim Carr. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Jim, you have an MBA, uh, you have a PhD, you've been a college professor, you've been a CMO, you've consulted with countless growth-oriented companies. Why do you think some people are able to find more success and some companies are able to reach their potential when others just flutter along? Well, granted, I'm going to see through that the narrow lens of, of what I do, but I do find it to be a, a really pervasive problem. And I'll just give you a, a, a quick example. I was looking at some research among B2B business to business salespeople, and they were in uh, fairly high value offerings in, in a couple of different industries, but a lot of software, cybersecurity, IT, uh, health tech, some different areas. And they were asked uh, same uh, two questions on the same scale, one to 10. And the first one was about the confidence in the value of what they had to offer. And on average, it was between eight and nine, more than eight. So very, very solid. You know, your stuff isn't for everybody, but, but it works, right? No one, everything has a, a wart here or there, but but it works. We provide value. The same people were asked on that same one to ten scale, how confident are you in the messaging behind what you offer? Was less than four. Mm. Uh, that's a huge gap. And so that I think the the frustration, that gap between 
knowing deep in your heart, you've got a passion about it, you believe in it, you know what's possible. And then being able to express it, talk about it, get people to understand it and act upon it. That's very, very fundamental, but it's very, very expensive and very, very frustrating. You might not be able to close the gap completely, but but my, my guidance, my recommendation, my encouragement is that it is possible to close that gap enough so that people are as excited to talk about their offerings and in, a, in a very human way as they are to, to go out and do the work. <laughs> so, Jim, I know that we have a tight time schedule, so I'm just going to ask you the last question that I ask everybody who comes on the show, and that is when you look out at the world of business and you know a lot of people in the world of business, who do you look at who is in a leadership role and you think, wow, she or he, they're making waves. Who do you admire? Mm. Well, this is a tough one, Tom, because I, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, there are a lot of familiar names. Um, and then I'll, I'll also give you a name of someone who was a CEO in the past who I worked with us and I saw his work firsthand. I'm not sure that this is one that might have been mentioned before. Uh, but I think of a gentleman named uh, Carl Camden, he used to be CEO of Kelly Services. He very, had a very interesting background. He's the only, at the time, only Fortune 500 CEO uh, that I knew of who also had a PhD in communication. He uh-huh. was actually a principal in an agency. No, no wonder was, you admire him. I know, but uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he was CEO at the, at the point where I was uh, in an engagement with Kelly, and I believe he was the first person whose last name was not Kelly to be running Kelly Services. Very familiar name, uh, as, as you and your listeners may know. The thing was that he was renowned throughout the company that he had a great pitch. He was a really good communicator, and he was a very uh, just a nice guy. He was a, a big guy, but just a, a big old huggable bear. But he made a, a commitment that he wanted other people uh, to be as confident and as comfortable in talking about uh, what it was. We put together playbooks and we did all that. So we weren't trying to make a bunch of Carl clones, but we were, um, but we were trying to get people more equipped. So it wasn't just saying, oh, well, the boss knows how to do that better than anybody. Like, oh, I can do some elements of that myself. Uh, Carl uh, has since retired from Kelly Services, but he's actually started a, a group that represents basically gig workers and it's trying to give them a voice and, and, and we see in this environment today how important that is. Uh, so that's someone um, who I admire their work and we're making waves in the moment inside a, a, a big company that, you know, very familiar and, and, uh, and kind of bureaucratic and, and, and trying to get that going, but he's also doing some really cutting edge work today. No, that's I mean, we have not had that answer before. That that's an awesome answer. So, Jim, if somebody's listening to this and their company needs help managing the message, they're like, "Yeah, we need this." Uh, how do they find you? The website is a great place to start. And as you mentioned, I do have a slightly uh, usual Jim Carr. <laughs> Jim Carr. It's K A R R H. The good news is that um, I did buy the domains or most of the common misspellings of, of Jim Carr. <laughs> That's right. That's like so, I own Tom, uh, I own Tom singer.com T O M S I N G E R.com. Cause most people wouldn't spell it T H O M. So if you go to Tom singer.com, you get there either way. That's right. So the website is the place to go. I would invite a connection on LinkedIn 
Um, I have a book that came out uh, in 2019 called The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. And as a final note, Tom, and happy to give away insights, I have a podcast. These podcasts are kind of cool, aren't they? Uh, mine's called the Manager Message Podcast. So I didn't even know he had a podcast, but I will tell you, we were just having a get-to-know-you conversation, and I can always tell because I've interviewed probably a thousand people between this podcast. I, I host a show called the Digital Enterprise Society Podcast. Uh, I also co-host the webinar talk show twice a week uh, live on Facebook with Eliz Green. Uh, and then on stage, I have interviewed tons of speakers as the master of ceremonies. So I've done thousands of a thousand plus interviews. Uh, I just knew he was going to be good. And as he was talking, I'm like, can we just start recording now? That's why I didn't know how to pronounce his name is I, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I, the little, the pre-call stuff I do, we just hit record. Uh, so in addition to being really smart, knowing what he's doing, he also can go on the spur of the moment, which uh, not a lot of people can do. So he's my hero. We recorded this episode and I know for all of you, he helped you get on the path to make some waves. So Jim, any last words? Hey, wouldn't uh, executives, wouldn't you like your team to be able to do just this sort of thing? <laughs> to be in the moment, uh, to be able to have a, and I certainly have not been perfect. I don't know if I've done an episode that I've produced that I've ever been perfect, but uh, but that's that's what we want to get. It's just a sense of where people have a confidence and, and enough fluidity to be able to talk about what they do, uh, that they can have great conversations. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for doing this. I know you've got to jump on another call in just a minute, but to everybody who's listening, uh, please make sure you're telling your friends. Yeah, I want you to jump over and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But more importantly, either in line or in person, tell your friends you listen to the show because it's the way people find my podcast is someone else tells them about it. So go ahead and tell someone right now. No, I'll wait. <laughs> Yeah, right there. Thank you. I appreciate you going and doing that. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple of uh, days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Jim Carr. But in the meantime, go out there, make your own waves, make sure your career ladder is against the right wall. Don't get to the top and find out you've been climbing in the wrong place. But while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.